it's like it's rough out there no matter where you go you know international student it's like like a never-ending there's no winning yeah you'll knock down one barrier and there's like 500 more to go all right well welcome to what you have to say with Millie and Hannah and today we're joined with Madhu. I know Madhu from our bachelor studies and she's stuck with us since we were the us face on campus and we were all in Rotterdam and now of course still with us while Hannah's in Egypt, I'm in Strasbourg, France and she's in Scotland so that's wild, a true one, an OG, right? Yeah, hi, so I'm Madhu. I'm from India. I was born and raised in Kuwait, moved to the Netherlands for my undergrad in psychology, which is where I met Millie and Hannah. I was there for three years. Now I've moved to Glasgow for my postgrad in clinical health psychology, which I finished earlier this month. So now I'm freshly unemployed. (laughs) We love to hear it. (laughs) We love to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. Excited to be here, Millie and Hannah. I wanted to have a, just us for this one because I think it's a very personal topic and I think it's something that only minorities can relate to. Um, and so I'll just introduce the topic. It's going to be basically touching on everything about post-grad life as internationals that has to do everything to do with, you know, whether it's societal pressures, family pressures, or, you know, pressure within ourselves, but then also about our potential right? And where we want to go versus where we're going and if that aligns in any way. So yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) How's life post-grad? Wait, Hannah, please tell us because you actually finished your bachelor's and then you're in Egypt and then you started working. Basically. So uh, it's a funny, it's a funny timeline because this is not where I imagined I'd be a year ago or like two years ago for sure. So yeah, graduated a summer of 2020 and uh, I was in Holland. So I studied in Holland, finished my bachelor in Holland in Erasmus. I had so much pressure within myself that I wanted to stay in Holland and find a job in Holland. Yes. So uh, the thing is, is that at some but point... why? Like, oh, let, let me stay in the Western world and like... The Western world. It- and I felt like it, it would be easier for me to be financially independent quicker. I wouldn't be dependent on my parents for so long because as soon like minimum wage in Europe you know as a post-grad more or less covers everything you know if it's Mm. not an internship and then there was just like amazing thing that I really wanted to do at uh, the contemporary like Vita Contemporary Art Gallery they changed its name it's like so hard for me to pronounce now (laughs) and then I had so much pressure to do that and apply to that but then I was so drained after my last exam to the point that I was like you know what fuck it I'm just not going to apply and my parents were also pushing on the other side that take a gap year you need a break you need to take a breather and all of that so that was also in the back of my head maybe I do need a breather but I really didn't want to come back to Egypt I was not ready to come back to Egypt Uh, I didn't have my closure from Rotterdam but then last minute like I can't just stay a year in Rotterdam taking a gap year deciding what I do Uh, and my parents financially supporting me with all that money while I'm doing nothing you know like that doesn't make any sense for an international student you know so then I just decided I was like you know what I'm gonna come back to Egypt 
I'm going to take a break. I'm going to focus on myself. I need to focus on my mental health. I need to focus on my physical health. So I felt like this year could give me all that potential, especially after COVID, like all my focus was just graduate, 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 graduate. And thank God I did that. But then after that, I was like, okay, let's, it's time to focus on me now. So now mentally I'm going through this phase of enjoying where I am and like really accepting Mm -hmm. the fact that and like adapting to my life in Egypt and liking the new routine, being an adult, having a full-time job, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, that's that post-grad life. I feel like I could relate to at least some of the things you've said, especially in terms of like almost stubbornness of feeling like I need to stay here and I need to work here because I have studied here. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still in that phase a little bit because right now I'm like job hunting, obviously. And I can see myself limiting my job search to only like the UK or even more specifically to Scotland because I feel like well firstly my parents have invested so much money in my education to send me abroad and like let me study here have this opportunity that I feel like I need to make back at least half the amount they've invested just yeah. it's worth it quote unquote um, <laughs> but also like I've come all this way And I want to make something of it. Like I want to work here. I want to try and make a life for myself here. And I guess somewhere at the back of my mind, it's also ingrained that if I go back to Kuwait or India, it's like regressing in a way, you know, it's like going or like not going against, but like not amounting up to what my parents have worked so hard for like all their life, basically. I know, especially if I tell my parents, um, I'm going to go back to Kuwait and work there. They'd be like, no, you're not. No, you're not coming back here. Yeah. Um, so I guess just considering all these things, I have very subconsciously been trying my best to like stay back here. Um, but from what you've said, Hannah, just now, it's like, yeah, you want to stay in Europe, but what do you want to do there? You know, it's not about the place. It's about what you want to do. And I think it's so easy to lose sight of that sometimes when you have all these like people you don't want to disappoint all these expectations you want to meet you know um but at the, at the core of it it's like right but what do you want to do what is your ambition mm-hmm. yeah but I think another part of that is like I mean it also has a lot to do with you know Hannah Egypt for her and where she is now is home and there's mm-hmm. a base and there's a foundation for her to be able to you know search for these opportunities and she has connections and places and all this stuff but like for me, it's like, first of all, where is home and what does that look like? You know? So I have to make my decisions based on kind of actually practicality in terms of, oh my God, let me actually, I need to try to get this nationality because my passport kind of sucks right now. So that's on my brain. And then it's also like um, on my capabilities. So if I'm fluent in English, why the hell, who's going to hire me if I can't speak fluent, whatever, in French and France or whatever. So there are all these things that tie into it that also have to do with my identity, right? You know, so aside from pressure, it's like pressures because of who I am when I was born and like what I can do and stuff. So there's just so much that ties into it. Yeah, there's a lot to consider. Um, That's Mm -hmm. also one of the reasons why I moved to Scotland from the Netherlands instead of like trying to find a job there because I knew the language barrier would be too much for me especially in the field I want to get into like yeah communication is so important yeah Yeah. so I just moved here because I can at least speak the language but of course there's a whole different set of issues here with me finding employment as easily as someone who is like a national of the country 
it's like it's rough out there no matter where you go you yeah. know an international it's, student, it's like, like a never ending there's no winning yeah you'll knock down one barrier and there's like 500 more to go and like you know and then if you go on social media it's like or LinkedIn. It's just very confusing and it's very overwhelming that every time I open it, I feel so behind and I feel, and it gets me down. It gets me down because it pushes me because I try my best to not compare myself to others. So it pushes me to compare myself to others because everyone on my LinkedIn is basically from Rotterdam and like the same studies that I did. So it's like seeing the difference of where people are at, people who did their master's but then also took on a full-time job and also did an internship and also did that and that. And I'm here like, well, I decided to take a couple months off, you know, yeah. and I don't regret my decision at all. I think it was the best decision I made at the time. Why do we have to announce it so much? Like I get it's a networking, it's a networking thing. I don't it's think- It's a LinkedIn shame because it's also kind of the world that we live in, right? Like your employer wants to search you up on LinkedIn and see that you like are like you. doing <laughs> stuff. So I understand. Yeah. I think it's within us that it's like, we're not acknowledging that we do have additional challenges compared to a lot of people. And then when we compare ourselves, it's it's not even, we're not on an even level. What's the saying? We're not on a exactly. level. Exactly. And then it also puts, if you think about it, if, if you're uploading all of this on LinkedIn, so your employer can see what the hell you're doing with your life. It also puts the pressure of taking on too many things at once to show that, oh, I can do all this at once when really like you can be neglecting so many things from your personal life. Like, why did I take a break for a couple of months? I needed to focus on myself, yeah. you know? Like, what will my employer say if, if I'm gonna work in corporate, for example? What will my employer say if I write that on LinkedIn and be like, yeah, I'm taking a couple months off, you know? Yeah. Okay, so I had an interview for a position recently and I was, taken aback by the questions they asked me because I was practically ready for the interview like and they asked me things that were very much like how do you see the daily life of a psychologist um but then they were like so what in your life has taught you a lesson that you think is important as a clinical psychologist taking time for myself uh, because if I can't feel healthy and in a place to take on someone's world then I don't think I'm helping anyone and then mm -hmm. after the interview, I stepped away and I was like, I fucked it. Maybe I should have said something like, I should never sleep and I should dedicate myself to treatment and <laughs> changing the world of research and psychology. That should have been my answer. And then being offered the position, I was like, I didn't fuck it up. And I think they appreciated the fact that I was like, I'm taking care of myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's important? Like, I'm going to sleep in and I will sleep early if I need to because... Yeah. If I'm not doing good, I know there's no way that anyone else around me is going to do good either. Yeah. And I think that's like I was just going to say, I think people are starting to appreciate that more after COVID, like after the last two years. I think people are starting mm -hmm. to be aware that we need to take time for ourselves and focus on ourselves. And and like because if we're not good, whatever outcome is going to come out of us is not going to be good either mm -hmm. mentally or physically. Like if you're not functioning well, and that has everything to do with the way that you're sleeping or the way you're socializing or whatever, then yeah. you, you, whatever you're doing is not going to be to your best, your, your best, full potential, yeah. your, your best self potential. and like everything you can do.
you know, I think it's also a product of the capitalist, you know, culture we live in where your worth is solely determined by how well you can sell yourself. Yes. How many qualifications you can stack one on top of the other. And LinkedIn is basically the market where you do oh that selling God. of yourself. And what's sad is actually, because I want to say that there are some more like genuine posts on LinkedIn yes. where people talk about, you know, burnout, why it's important to look after yourself. But even those posts are uploaded with the motive of making, of, essentially selling yourself again but as someone who is like different from the mainstream crowd like oh look at me I'm talking about something that's a little different from what most people here talk about but bro you're still selling yourself on there I've been using this like term a lot like when we talk about Instagram Mm -hmm. Instagram is basically branding yourself it's like selling your brand no matter what that is at this of point course, in time yeah. you know in one in our last conversation we had this conversation people are like oh but if i post something about some activism about an issue then you know i'm doing that because it's important to me i'm like yeah but sure but that's an image that you're putting if you walk away from your phone and you're not doing anything at all in your life to practice that you know what i mean it doesn't mean anything to me to me you're you're fake you're a fake activist or whatever and you're doing it to uphold this image that you have on social media mm-hmm. and that same goes to yeah LinkedIn or whatever it's so superficial it tells you nothing about a person's actual journey or struggle it's just like accomplishment after accomplishment that is not how life works that is not how like the person who posted it they probably went through like months and months of burnout and depression and whatnot and this was like Definitely. one moment we'll all have the same oh yeah bachelor degree in psychology for example but like the way from A to B, from the first lecture to getting that final thesis grade, we took completely different paths and we had different experiences. So thinking about when when a person asks you in an interview, like pitch yourself, you instantly don't think about who you are as a person, but you instantly want to mention all your accomplishments Mm -hmm. that would interest them. And it's like, doesn't that mean you're selling yourself short? Yes, you're selling yourself, but you're selling yourself short. Because like, if you talk about your experiences or if you talk about who you are as a person, does, does that not reflect so much on the job that I'm going to do? It reminds me of this friend of mine who told me, he just mentioned it to me. This was his point of view. He said that, you know, when you ask someone to like introduce themselves, one of the first things they'll mention is their job or their profession or if they're a student, what they're studying. That's mm-hmm. literally one of the first things that comes up. They don't say, oh, you know, I'm a good friend or I'm a good boyfriend or girlfriend. And I hated it so much because it's true. It's actually I hate true. that. I, I like hate I that. can't say that I would say anything different, but I hate it. Of because course. It again ties back to how much like we associate our worth or our identity with our profession you know and like that's stupid because you're obviously more than that you're obviously more than that like if I were to become a therapist one day for example I think I would want to identify or introduce myself more as I'm an empathetic person you know I'm kind I'm friendly yes I'm a listener yeah I'm a listener I'm a good friend not I'm a therapist that's what I do (laughs) that's all of me I'm so interesting that's so annoying because we're also just conditioned that way if you're if I'm with family friends and we're catching up like people who've watched me grow up and they're like so what are you doing now um you graduated right what's next I'm like oh my god if I could just leave this conversation right now I would why do they constantly do they think that that's like a lovely fun conversation to have that's so stressful how are you forcing people to have their life figured out 
right when they, I just handed in my thesis. Oh, so like, what's next? That's not a cute, quirky question. So I went to my brother's high school graduation a couple, like last month. The speeches, mm -hmm. I'm just like, why are you putting so much pressure basically on kids? We don't no. realize how pressured we were at so 16, much 17, 18. And like, it's like, they're talking about that everyone has, they were talking about how everyone has to go to university, get their studies, and then find a job. And then that's when life starts. Putting pressure on students that don't want to study right away. Putting also, shame on people that drop out many times, not knowing what they want to do and like exploring. Like, I have so much respect for people that dropped out of multiple bachelors and choosing what they want to do and then ending up doing what they want to do. Although I will say that the whole, you know, dropping out and doing multiple degrees. I mean, I wish I could have done that if I wasn't so sure about psychology, which I am, by the way, I'm so sure about it's, it. It's a privilege. It's, it's a privilege, privilege to drop out. It's not it an option for many. Like that's sad, obviously. And I wish that I wasn't the case, but it's just that like, I know so many of my friends who have had to just pushed through with a degree they absolutely yes. do not enjoy because a their parents invested way too much money especially yes. if these kids are like indians for example studying abroad um 100%. or because they don't want to let down their parents because then they're wasting away their years and i feel like for some people maybe you know depending on where you're coming from those things don't matter as much or it's not as much of an issue there are those things to consider but yeah absolutely like there's no one way of doing and mm -hmm. you know to, to hammer that into kids from an early age like you need to do a b and then c and that's the only way you'll be successful that's that's bullshit yeah also with this like idea of if i have a plan one day what's it your business if it changes we're ever changing something i'm passionate about may come about in a year and mm -hmm. next thing you know i'm not doing psychology but i doubt that psychology is my life but next thing you know, I'm fucking, I don't know, a mechanic, all right? But then, you know, I should be allowed to do that just because mm -hmm. it's like a, there's this idea that we're all supposed to be fixated on one thing in life and it's, you know, mm -hmm. the only way to do things, but that's so irritating. Yeah, I think I it's know. also because that was the culture when our parents grew up. You know, you mm -hmm. pick one thing and you stick to it and you get and you ride or die. <laughs> My dad has been in the same job since I was born. He was in the job, obviously, even before I was born. But the point is, he hasn't like shifted companies or anything. But I guess the upside to that is you really get stable in that position. Yeah. You build your way to the top. So now he's in a very good position there. But I, I don't think that's a realistic possibility in today's world, you know? where, like you said, Millie, what you're really passionate about, I mean, you figure that out maybe in your late 20s, early mm -hmm. 30s even. So who's, who's not to say you will change your profession completely? Mm -hmm. Who's to say, maybe you can do something for 20 years, but you're allowing yourself to do other things on, yeah. you know, in your other sides of your life, right? It's not that you're eating, breathing, sleeping, this one job, that, you know? But if you do that, you definitely reach a burnout. You're just yeah. like, I don't want to do this anymore. There's no Even way if it's your passion, you're going to reach a point where like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. No matter what it is, whether you work in a company or you paint or you do pottery or you cook or whatever, at some point, if, if, if this is all you're doing in your life, you're going to reach a point where like, genuinely, I need a break. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's so funny because like we're speaking from a place, I think we're also quite like creatives and also like have diverse minds, but maybe some people are a little more blank and they just want to do this one job and they want to like, you know, ride a bike on a Saturday and then that's it and like they're good and that's fine too I think yeah, like yeah you know, props to them you know do what feels good for you but mm -hmm. it's just that 
It's just that there has been a change in how people go about employment, I guess, and pursue yeah. their careers. And it's only fair that we acknowledge that, you know, for us yes. to feel guilty of wanting yes. to switch between things, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's healthy to be able to explore. And it's nice that we're living in a time when where it's okay to be doing that. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so yeah, just like acknowledging that, I guess. But yeah, <clears throat> I was thinking about my high school experience and I fully suffered. I, I was never made for standardized education. Mm. I don't learn the same way that the education system assumes people learn. I really struggled with the high school format of coming to class, getting sheets of homework, going back home and having to do it and then coming back and you ha somehow hand it in, you get a grade and then somehow that tells you something about your ability to do something later on. And in high school, there are also a lot of like scare tactics, you know, by teachers. Mm. And for me as a sensitive soul, like that I have issues now that persist with me through my entire education, my bachelor's, my master's, and in how I see myself in my academic potential, but then also my potential in life. I now, every time before I do something, I have a fear of, but I'm not gonna do good anyways. And yeah. that's shitty. Like, how are you telling kids that these grades about a biology test are telling them that they can't do biology when they're 20? Now that you say that, like it puts me back to like, like how we reach our full potential and whether we do that or not. And then when I started working, damn, you know, like I gained this confidence while I started working, seeing the potential I have. And I see so much potential in me, like I'm gaining confidence. Like it's, it's more of a self-awareness now than it is like, I'm not waiting for someone to validate my work for me. Like I did with, with, with the bachelor or high school, you wait for someone to validate your work for you and your potential. I don't know if it's the same for everyone. Obviously I'm saying about like my own experience. I think people need to start reflecting on how they provide feedback and how they can like bash the esteem of someone who's really young and how that can continue with them later on. Is there anything else that you guys want to touch upon? We could talk about comparison. For me, I've become good at it because I think I've also stepped away from being very active on social media. So I'm not really seeing like all these things. I think it's not even just career comparison. It's like lifestyle. if people have been, yeah, lifestyle, lifestyle comparisons. And I'm not sure if people are aware that like the way that some people live is actually with a lot of, I keep, I'm going to keep using this word in this with a lot of privilege. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Your ability to be able to, this one person, I'm thinking of someone and they were like through their, they were halfway through their masters or whatever. And then they like traveled somewhere like far, not even like, oh, not Europe traveling, right? They traveled somewhere far and then they came back and, um, then they're like, oh, actually, I want to take a break. And then they stopped. And then afterwards, they like took another trip abroad and they're like not doing anything. And I was like, oh, okay. So like they reached out to me and we gave each other an update. And she's like, oh, like, I don't know what I'm going to do actually. Like, but she was like well through her master's before she decided to be like, oh, fuck it. And I'm like, wow, I wish I could like just travel around. I still want to travel as well. Mm -hmm. Like, that was my life before I was, you know, in my 20s. But like, I can't just be like, I'm not doing anything. 
Um, but and I just want to travel to the last, you know, two continents or whatever and live my best life. And I'm like, I'm, I am really envious and I wish I could do that. But yeah, so yeah, what you mentioned, this lifestyle comparison, not even just career. It's like, damn, you can really live like that. Like, but, you know what I do, like, uh, on my social media is that I just, for me, like, I don't follow influencers. You tend to start feeling like, oh, um, yeah. And you start looking back on your life, you know, and at the end of the day, it's just an image they put up to gain more followers. Wait, you know? oh my God, I wanted to talk about this. People our age who are like, oh, just got my first, very first own apartment. So it's not even people yeah. who are like leeching off their parents. It's people who are maybe doing like side hustles, who have like mm. put their time into learning how to make their own, like grow their own business and stuff. And they're like 19, 20. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is what I'm like, oh man, damn, should I be doing that? Because yeah. I have a creative side, but like, am I neglecting? But it's like, you know, that's another part. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are independent, who have worked, you know what I mean? And like, are grinding, who are internationals. Mm. And they're, they've like managed financial independence before I even have. I'm like, oh, does that make me lazy? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, there's like, that comparison as well between Everyone's just on a different trajectory, I think. Yeah. It's like, comparison is inherently just is the killer of joy yeah it, it just doesn't make sense on any level and I think Hannah I have done what you just mentioned you know like not following these people who will inevitably make you feel lesser make you feel not accomplished enough um I've stopped doing that but now I think for me the problem is that even people within my circle give me that same feeling you know and yeah it's obviously because I'm insecure about a lot of things mm-hmm. I constantly feel like I'm not doing enough so me feeling bad about what they are putting out there is just a projection of that, you know? Like their success is not inherently bad, obviously, but it just makes me feel bad. Like I'm happy for them, but I feel bad for myself first. Yes. Um, And I'm still in that place, especially over the last year, because, you know, things have just been so difficult. Like I haven't seen my parents in more than like almost two years now, actually. And that's the longest I've gone without seeing them. I had to move entire, like between entire countries all on my own. I had to start from scratch after moving here in Glasgow. I had to complete a postgrad online, couldn't make friends, you know, whatever. It's been so difficult. So now when I see even simple things like someone going out and hanging out with their friends, going, you know, for a weekend away, going out with their parents, just things like that Mm. trigger me so much because I'm like, Mm. I literally forgot what any of that feels like much less people getting like full-time jobs right the next day after they submit their dissertation which by the way many of my course mates have been doing and I just I'm like what am I even doing like what is my life right now what is happening to me but obviously what I don't consider in that moment is that they have their own share of like shit things happening Mm. and there's a lot that they have been doing you know, behind the scenes mm-hmm. that led them to getting that position by the next day after they graduate. It's not like they just woke up and that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I take all that into consideration, it does ground me a little bit, but just in the moment, I, I just go off like. That's very good because then you still have that moment of awareness that you can ground yourself back and be mm-hmm. like, they have their own shit. I have my own shit. And that's what makes us different. That's what makes our journeys different, you yeah. know? And I think not a lot of people have that. 
I love this whole point where people are like, oh, we need to acknowledge that everyone has their own shit. But everyone's shit, I'm sorry, is not equatable to other people's shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone will always have it harder. Not that that means your issues are less important and someone will always have it not as difficult, right? Mm. So acknowledging that, yes, they, they also worked hard behind the scenes. They have their own shit going on. But at the end of the day, Mando, everything you just said, like, it's things that a lot of people are able to have. But I just think that me not acknowledging that everyone has their own share of difficulties is just going to be worse for me because it just pushes me down the spiral of like, you know, everyone else has it so much better. Why don't I? Why is my life like this? Yeah, I think, but I think also a lot of internationals, we've also kind of like become comfortable with air quotes suffering and struggling. You know what I mean? We're like, oh, this is really actually tough, you know, but it's like, but it's fine because, you know, a lot of people have other shit, but it's like, like I've been doing um, job interviews recently and I've just realized how desperately sometimes like I'm trying to sell myself because I want them to know that I am qualified just as qualified if not more as someone who's like easier to hire for this position Mm because obviously since I'm international they'll have to sponsor my visa and everything Mm -hmm. which means the company will have to dish out money for that and so I feel like I need to prove to them I'm worthy of that like I'm worthy of you investing your money in me it can just get so exhausting sometimes because I know I'm qualified for the position but to get them to see that and me having to do that extra bit it's like you have to constantly keep thinking what makes you different than someone else to end this chat i wanted to let you guys hear a little audio that Madhu actually sent me a bit ago like a day or so ago and it it was just the sweetest thing and it's just something that always keeps us going like hearing people speak about how happy they are every time they talk to us so i don't know if you're gonna hear it Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I always feel really safe when I speak with you guys. I was actually thinking about this the other day, like how you both have managed to create this very safe environment where people are free to express themselves and their opinions without um, this fear of being apprehended for it. Like, I remember there was this one session back when we could do it in person where this guy um he he basically wanted to ask why it's a problem to ask someone where are you really from uh but he didn't want to because he was afraid he would get backlash for it from everyone else in the room and i remember you millie telling him that hey it's okay you can ask your question as long as you're being respectful um there's no judgment here this is a safe space um and then he actually did ask his question. And then, you know, we, we told him why it's problematic to ask that question. And he even like changed his point of view. And that, that incident was like really impactful for me because it made me realize it's actually possible to have these kind of conversations with someone whose opinions are like drastically different from yours without it having to be an ugly without it having to be an ugly conversation so like yeah props to you guys for for creating something like that creating an environment like that which is why i've always felt super safe and super happy to chat with both of you 
Well, we loved having you. We love you. And thank you for sharing and being personal and vulnerable with us again today. Of course.